0: You have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to be reading, starting in verse 7. I titled the message tonight, Keep Your Heart Soft. <clears throat> uh, I guess the best way to start is to ask a question. What causes our hearts to become hardened toward God? Uh, when I was thinking about this, you know, I a lot of times <clears throat> some of these messages may not necessarily be for the people sitting here, so... But it's good for us to hear this stuff anyway. But you know, as we uh, go on in our in our life, we uh, we either get closer to God or we get further away. Um. So we need to determine what it is that causes us to, to get this hard heart toward God. You know, we can it's, it it is to our benefit to keep our hearts soft. And the reason why I say that is because if you've ever hardened your heart toward God, and then you come back to Him, it's a pretty difficult process. Because God's got to break you down again. He's He's got to tear you down and get you to where you're pliable, like clay. You know, they always use that... Uh, Uh, illustration of a potter, and and we're clay in the potter's hands. And and you know, it's a very good illustration because that's exactly how we are with God. He, He takes us and He molds us and shapes us into what He wants us to be. But He can only do that when we have a soft heart toward Him. So as I was thinking about this, I said, well, we need to decide what it is that causes our heart to be hard so we can avoid that and I come up with uh three things I'm sure there's more but I think these are probably three of the important ones first one is neglecting worship not spending enough time in prayer and in the word it's it's you know we've I've said this before but it's real easy for us to kind of get moving in our life and and forget about spending that time with God. When <clears throat> when you haven't spent time with God, you you start to become focused more on yourself instead of him. So, it's easier for your heart to become hardened. Now, this kind of ties in with the rest of them, so let's let's go on and look at those. The next one is keeping bad company. I don't know about y'all, but there was a time when I was pretty easily influenced with the people I was around. And, you know, my language, my actions, all of that would be a direct reflection of the people that had an influence on my life. So when you begin to spend more and more time in the presence of those kind of people, And at the same time, you're neglecting that prayer and that time in the Word, the worship. They begin to have more of an influence on you than God is having. So, because of that, you uh, begin to allow certain things to come in. You know, I mentioned this morning that silence is consent. When you begin to consent to sinful actions, your your witness loses any effectiveness. The last job I worked at, when I the probably the first uh, four of the five years I worked there, I wasn't serving God the way I should, and that's probably why I worked there so long. Because there, there was really no redeeming qualities about the people I worked with from a Christian standpoint. And you know, I just fell right in with them. But there, was a, there came a point in time when I decided I've had enough of this and it's time for me to get myself right with God. And you know, when you have been around people like that for so long, they're not really wanting to hear how you've changed. Because they've seen how you've lived for four years now. This last year you spend with them ain't gonna make a lot of difference. So we need to be real careful about the company we keep. Now I'm not trying to tell you don't go out into the world and and, and befriend people. But what I am trying to tell you is I'm very careful about who I allow to be a big part of my life. There's people at work that I'm friends with, but because I know they're living in sin, because I know their uh, biggest influence is not God, it's, it's sinful things and sinful people, I can't allow them... To be a big part of my life, I can't allow them to influence me in the same way. We've got to be on guard for that kind of thing because all it leads to is hardening of your heart. And that brings us to the next thing allowing lesser sins leads to the acceptance of bigger sins. So don't compromise your beliefs. I've seen this over and over again. You know, when you see somebody that has gotten into trouble somehow and and all of a sudden everybody knows their business. They know what has happened. You know, whether it's they've uh, cheated on their spouse or they've got major financial problems because they've done somebody wrong or whatever the case may be, that didn't just happen overnight. That That is a slow process. Nobody just wakes up one morning and decides, I'm going to go rob a bank. Or, I think I'm going to cheat on my wife today. That, that's not how it works. It's a slow process. And when they allow little things to come in gradually, before you know it, those things that you used to feel guilty about that you used to be convicted of, somehow now you've justified them. Somehow those are necessary in your life and you've somehow figured out a way to think, well, it's God's fault that I'm in this position and I have to do things this way. That's hardening your heart toward God. Living a Living that kind of life does not draw you closer to God. It pushes you further away. So we don't need to compromise our beliefs. Sin will deceive you. The reason why getting into sin deeper like that hardens your heart is because it's kind of like a self-defense mechanism. It it has to harden your heart, otherwise you couldn't continue in that sin. Because if your heart is going to stay soft toward God, if you're going to stay the kind of person that is listening to his the guidance of His Spirit, you can't stay in that kind of sin. God won't be there with you. And if your heart is soft toward God, you want to be where God wants you to be. And you can't let that kind of stuff stay there. So, in order for sin to, to live, in order for sin to take root and take hold in your life, you have to harden your heart toward God. <clears throat> you know, this Scripture that we read was really about the Israelites. It was about when they were in the wilderness and, and all the wonderful things that God did, those 40 years they were wandering in the wilderness, yet they still turned away from God. You know, I've always kind of wondered how that was possible. You know, they seen a lot of things. they seen things that were just amazing. They saw them get water from rocks. They would wake up in the morning and, and there was manna just ready for them to eat, just waiting on them. The, the cloud would follow them by day and kind of be a guide to them and shelter them from the sun. And then by night they had a fire that would not only give them light but protect them from wild animals and that kind of thing. The wonderful, the, that rock that they got water from followed them. I mean, (laughs) this kind of stuff is amazing. I never could figure out how it was they spent all this time witnessing these miracles and, you know, watching the the Red Sea part and all these different things and how they could still harden their heart toward God so easily. They hardened their hearts because they didn't have the things the way they wanted them and when they wanted them. You know, if we look at, try to equate that to something today, I think of a spoiled brat, somebody that, a kid that just has got everything the way they want it and when they want it, and they've got their parents just wrapped around their finger. And that's exactly what the Israelites were like. I don't think it was because God had given it to them, I think it's just they want, that's how they wanted it. But because of that, Instead of depending on God like he wanted them to, you know, that's what he was trying to teach them. That's why it took them 40 years to get to the promised land, which wasn't that far. It took them that long because he was trying to get them to depend on him. He took them into a place where there was no other human contact so that they would have to depend on him. I guess that's also why he called them a stiff-necked people. You know, they just they wouldn't uh, admit that they needed his dependent to be dependent on him. James chapter two and verse twenty says, "But with wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead?" If you keep on reading in Hebrews, there you'll see that those Israelites. Many of them didn't enter into the rest of God because of unbelief. So this tells us that faith is a big part of having a soft heart toward God. With When you have faith in God, you're believing that He's going to do something, you're not going to harden your heart toward Him. <clears throat> I want to use Abraham as an example. We talked about this some in Sunday school this morning. You know, the Word tells us that Abraham was justified by faith. It says, because he believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. But you know, he didn't just believe God. He put that faith into action because God had promised him he was going to be the father of many nations. and. Then God turns around and commands him to take Isaac, his only son, the one that was supposed to be the promised one, the one that was going to be the seed that God had promised, and tells him to go sacrifice him. So, because Abraham had faith, because he believed God, you know, most people would have probably hardened their heart toward God right there. They would have said, God, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Why would God want me to kill my own son? Why would God put me in the circumstances I'm in? But Abraham knew what God had told him. Abraham put his faith into action by taking his son and putting him on that altar and preparing him as a sacrifice. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight, that, like that Scripture says, faith without works is dead. You know, we talked this morning in Sunday School about being justified by faith. But James tells us that you're not only justified by faith. It's not just faith that justifies you. It's faith put into action that justifies you. Those works because of your faith is what justifies you. I can sit around all day and say... I believe a promise God has for me. But if I don't get up and do anything about that promise, what was the point in God promising it to me? If somebody called you tomorrow and said, I've got a brand new car sitting over here that somebody came and paid for for you, you just pick it up whenever you want to, you can believe the rest of your life that that car is there waiting on you. But it don't do you any good unless you go pick it up. So, in order for your heart to stay soft toward God, you've got to have faith, but you've got to put that faith into action. When God, part of that comes from knowing the Word. When you know the promises of God, you can then begin to put that faith into action. So, one way to soften your heart is to restore your faith. Faith. Our faith often dies from a lack of use. You know, that that sometimes that's easier said than done. It really is. The <clears throat> we can sit around and think, you know, I believe God's gonna help me, but then we'll turn around and try to handle things on our own. That's exactly what the Israelites done. So don't don't think too lowly of them, because we do it all the time. We uh you know God will provide for us and then we want to complain because He didn't provide the way we think He ought to, or because it wasn't when we think it ought to be. And it's the same same thing they did. We're not we're not any better than they are. So when we need to what we need to do is to Those things I told you, we need to make sure we're spending time in worship. You know, man, I can tell you all day that it's good for you to read the Bible and it's good for you to pray. But until you experience that for yourself and you realize that, man, this really is good for me to spend more time in prayer. It really is good for me to spend more time getting the Word in me. It doesn't mean anything to you. So, ask yourself, have I hardened my heart toward God? Now, that don't mean necessarily that you've turned your back on God and went the other way. But is there an area of your life where you have kind of said, God, this is mine. I'm going to handle this part. I'll give all this other stuff to you, but I'm not giving this up. I know everybody in here can probably say yes right now. I know there's there's plenty of times that I want to just hang on to that one little thing. Say, God, look, I'll give you whatever, but I want to keep this. That is the same as, as hardening your heart toward God because you're not allowing God to totally mold and shape you into what you need to be. You're saying, God, you can make me into whatever you can make with the rest of this. But this over here is mine. So if he was to make you into a a beautiful vase, it's going to have a big lump on the side.